0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the golf strong project episode 16 tim and i are slowly crawling our way towards 20 which is pretty exciting in and of itself um as always joined by the one and only dr tim revoto what's up bro
1: nothing man just cruising through the week here hoping for some, we're getting some warmer weather this weekend so maybe maybe get out for a round this weekend what about you
0: uh, played today. It was about five holes, and then it monsooned, but we kept playing, which was really not that fun. Um, but hey, makes uh, makes a. Am- we were the only people on the golf course. So typically, a course that we uh, it's our local muni. You typically are waiting on every tee box. There was zero humans, so that's a that's we, a plus. We played quickly, so that was uh, that was about that. We, are uh, joined by a super special guest today, courtesy of Tim. Oh, so Tim... <laughs> oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah. Special. Tim, who is our, who's our homie today?
1: We got, uh, we have Pat Bigelow here. He's a, my swing coach and he's a pretty good swing coach, uh, up here in the Boston area. So we're, he's, uh, uh, the lead instructor at pure drive up in Woburn pure drive golf. Um, <laughs> Yeah, studied under Butch Harmon. Worked at a couple country clubs up here, Dedham, Winchester Country Club. Um, yeah.
2: So, Pat, did I, did I miss anything? No, I think you uh, you covered you covered it all pretty well, buddy. Anything nice. else is really not that important anyway. So,
0: <laughs> we need yeah. to talk about the yeah. the city. You just said he was he was working. Start with a W. There's a lot of people that are going to be very confused about where that is. Yeah, yeah it's just play.
2: it's just north of the city. It's uh, Woburn.
0: Yeah. wuburn wuburn so for everyone who's curious it is not spelled with two o's or w-h-o that's that's not how wuburn Wo- is yeah.
2: if we had my mom on here it'd be like woman wow. <laughs> well, no, sometimes
1: woman
2: thanks for having me boys i'm super excited excited to be here and uh hopefully uh share some wisdom absolutely
1: absolutely um so yeah, let's jump into it. I guess we're we're typically a strength and conditioning podcast. We talk if people have listened before. We talk about injuries. We talk about anatomy. Um, and Pat's studied the golf swing in in detail in the last you know um, how long Pat like a decade? Yeah, I like decade?
2: I, I, I didn't start. I got in the golf per, golf business about ten years ago, um, and slowly was in the club business and slowly transitioned towards the you know teaching front and. You know just what it takes to be a you know a top teacher these days in terms of the anatomy and you guys know it better than anyone the anatomy of the body and the joints and segments how they move um and it's so it's so important in the golf swing so so much of my time when i'm not teaching is staying up to date and learning and um i wish i had paid more attention in school and had a doctor in front of my name like you two handsome guys
1: <laughs> yeah it helps uh what I guess it the biggest thing I wanted to get out of this is our, uh, the, our first lesson you kept saying over and over to me, be an athlete, be athletic, be an athlete. And that's something we talk about a lot. Um, I know it was that last week, Jackson, we were talking about, um, benefits of being athletic and, uh, like how to, how to maximize your genetics.
0: Yeah. Genetics was, was last week we didn't tap too much into like being athletic, but we talked about how your genetics play into what you're gifted with. And then basically the end of that conversation was most people never even remotely get near their genetic potential. So whether it's high or whether it's low based on that ceiling, most people don't a work hard enough or B have the discipline to actually get to wherever that is. So people that are really low achievers could be much higher um, and there's certain levels to that, but, that's essentially what we got to. So we didn't really get into athlete specifically, but that actually something that I was talking to Tim about earlier, Pat, you talk about swinging athletically. You know, a lot of times you'll see people um, talk about, you know, treat it like a baseball swing or just be athletic, like swing at it. Like you're not, you don't have to be a robot. Like no other sport is a robot. Steph Curry has been all over the place recently because the guy can't miss right now, but he's just being an athlete. He's not thinking about what he's doing. He's unconscious. And I think what Tim and I see and we talk about is the rigidity of people's golf swings and how they approach it. And they just, they decide not to be athletes I Had a guy today at, when I was working with, who was just talking about, yeah, I met with my swing coach today. I told him to fire a swing coach. That was probably some of my best advice I've bold, ever given. Geez. It was bold. It was bold, but every week his swing changes every week. He's like, you know, I had to change my hand here this week and my foot positions here this week. And I'm doing it. I'm like, how, how you can even swing. Can you imagine if every baseball player like changed their feet every week and put their hands in different positions and like put the bat in a new spot? It doesn't make sense. So Pat, how do you define being an athlete with the golf swing, especially to maybe a novice golfer who's kept trying to figure the game out? Like, how do you define that to them?
2: Yeah. And I think it, as you look at the, like being an athlete, it's all relative, right? So it's as a, as a new player coming in or even the top players that I work with, it's it's about creating a movement pattern that gets them into the right positions. That being said, in golf, you have to have a certain alignments in place. You know, you're not, you need to know how to control the club face. You need to have the right positions in the backswing to actually be able to be an athlete. But it starts off the golf ball. One of the biggest issues that I see is this sense of like being static Right, static. You watch the best players in the world, and Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson. I watched Butch do this with Tiger years and years ago. He had a moving, what's called flexion, and he was like moving his center of center of mass. His pelvis was actually swaying, and why? Because he recentered his body back. It, that gives the look of actually being centered in the golf swing, where you see these players that are were told as kids stay centered. My first swing coach told me to think about the golf swing as a red, white, and blue barber pole. You know how bad that fuck <laughs> I'll watch my language. Screwed me up.
1: That's great. So, you're, yeah, you're essentially just twisting. Yeah, spitting I know, on an
2: axis, right? I know. I got
1: screwed up after I did TPI and then they were doing all the tests where you're, like, moving your shoulders without your hips and then moving your hips without your shoulders. And it's like, yeah, it's good to do, be able to do those things. But in order to be an athlete and be, like, it's not really a ad- golf swing's not really an agility thing, but it's definitely a skilled movement, and you know, similar to throwing a punch or doing anything, you've got to, you've got to be able to do all those independent things, but you don't have the time to, or, or, I guess the precision really to like do all those. You just got to
2: do it, right? Yeah, you just got to
1: flow and move.
2: Absolutely, and it's you think about any other sport, you're moving, right? Hockey, you're moving, taking a shot, slap shot. Tennis, you're moving, you're shifting your mass, you're moving 3D. Any sport you want to look at, these players, these athletes are moving. And golf is the same way, like I was mentioning. All these players on tour, the top players, that they're, they're moving. They're moving their center of mass off the golf ball. They're not staying still. Some maybe are, but, you know, you look at how the game has changed because we've been studying, being able to study it through, you know, pressure plates and biomechanics. And, yeah, you move. So Move.
0: So do you feel, so this is one of the things I always think of anyways, is that we've kind of had this paralysis by analysis that's also resulted because of the amount of data that we have, where now people can be so data driven that it's these like little itty bitty things they're trying to correct, forgetting about the fact that that person has to athletically move to create those things. And so, you know, I've seen some pros that are, they're using all of these like instruments and implements and they're having people do all these things and nothing about it is smooth. You know, like the military terms of like smooth is fast and fast is smooth. Like they're making people not be that way. So have you found that like by overanalyzing how people are doing things, it's actually making them less athletic.
2: Well, yeah, but it's, that's, that's where a good teacher comes in because it's about finding balance, right? It's about finding balance because yeah, there has to be some technical work also what are the players hopes what are, what are their goals in, in, in golf right so it really all depends um you know but a big part of my lesson you can ask Tim, is starting out without a club in our hand and just kind of doing movements but if we're working on you know controlling the club face to a certain position or I'm trying to get his lead glove into a certain position now Tim's a better player so I can talk about these things with him and get a little technical with him we're always going to be talking about movement and never especially when you're playing right it's like you get on the you get on the golf course i call it chaos you're on you're you're in the chaos well trying to pull the trigger from a static position is really difficult and you talk about ball striking and speed well that's really important in golf totally totally what um
1: what are some of those positions? Because we've talked that you that you want someone to hit because we've talked about things like you want a certain amount of hip rotation to be like just if we're testing it from someone sitting on the table or how you know how much you want that upper back that thoracic spine to turn. If you're looking just at the golf swing as a movement, can you take us through a couple of like really key spots that you want to be able to get to with your body?
2: Well, it's, it's so difficult because every, every player is different. They really are. I mean, and it's about, it's about finding a pattern for them. And, you know, it, it really is. Like, you're different than Jackson is. You know, you guys are going to move and be able to do different things in your golf swing. So a good teacher has to find the right pattern for you from new play. You know, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what good teachers do is, okay, let's assess sort of the warm-up, see what you're capable of then okay well what are your goals right is are you going to be someone who comes in every two weeks or every month and you're practicing your ass off right you're doing your drills and you're working hard or are you going to be the guy that comes and practices once a week and so i have to create a game plan for them based on their goals and what their their capabilities are when you look at tour tour guys right they all like in terms of pelvis turns like it's 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 sort of It's not, I can't give you an answer because everyone's so different. You look at even guys on tour in terms of like the turn and depth. Guy, that guy like Justin Thomas, he has no, not much pelvic turn, no, no, not much hand depth. You look at a guy like Rory, Rory's got tons of pelvic turn. His hands are really deep. But again, it's that pattern that they look at their frame. You know, Justin Thomas is. 10 buck 50 so he can do things in the golf swing and downswing that we can't so
1: right and i guess if you're if you're someone like justin thomas then i, I haven't looked at them at him but is he moving yeah. a lot then like using a lot of weight transfer versus Big time rory would be mo- using more of that rotation they both, Man. yeah,
2: they both move pretty, pretty aggressively off the ball, but definitely uh, JT moves uh, pretty significantly. look at look at a guy like Kepka. Like Kepka has no lower body turn. I mean, he's hitting the ball with pure mass. Same with yeah. same with Bryson. It's, they're just strong, strong dudes that are hitting the ball with just muscle. But yeah. you got look at a guy like you know JT. He's got to find ways to generate speed, so he's super dynamic. You know, you look at him on a pressure plate. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, and you could also, I mean, in in my mind though, especially when you talk about strong guys that also, or even smaller guys, no matter what, the key thing in my mind from a strength perspective is that can they handle the velocity of the club head? Like how can their body, is their body capable of handling the increased speed? And so I guess this kind of takes me to another question I have for you is when we're teaching speed or how golf pros teach speed, right? Like Tim and I don't, we're not golf pros. Like we're, you know, we're strength conditioning coaches. Like our job is to build the physical qualities of golfers, which is strength, speed, strength, and mobility to whatever that is. We improve those things and we can impact the golf swing. We're not going to make you a better golfer, but we can impact the swing. When it comes to speed, that can be a tricky thing. Like I even think of it uh, from a simple perspective. Like I take older golfers and we do power things, they do med ball slams, they do med ball throws, you know, we're not doing a lot of bounding or jumping, but they're doing power things. Their speed might go up a little bit. Whereas an 18 year old or a 15 year old, I'm teaching them to be as violent as physically possible as early as they can. Mm -hmm. Now in the golf swing, I know this is discussed with some places is, or I've seen this more recently is teaching them to swing faster earlier and then fixing where that ball goes after that. Right. That's become kind of a big talking point, Sure. but I don't know. And a lot, but a lot of times, well, they're going to hurt yourself doing that. You're going to do all these things in your mind. How do you approach speed with like younger golfers and then progressing it to older golfers?
2: Let them rip it when they're young, let them rip it. Don't let them, don't get too, never get too technical with them early on. Um, the key is to teach them hop, Teach them speed in balance. I mean, we can all swing out of our shoes, but can you teach these juniors to swing in balance? And, and just let their there, let their yeah. body figure it out. Yeah, let them figure it out because they I mean, they're so creative. And the thing with with juniors too is like, they don't give an f. You know, they hit a bad shot, and it's like, all right, like, all right, how? What do I? How do I have to re sort of organize my body? And they just sort of figure it out. And obviously, you're guiding them along the way. But they're so good at sort of like, I mean, they're so, mo- mo- mobi- so mobile and, and to start getting them into, you know, different like risk conditions. And yeah, there's a time and a place for that. But too often coaches are getting these juniors into these technical mindsets and again, taking them away from being that the athletes that they are, right? You know, you look at a young college or a young, really good pop Warner let's call it quarterback, right? they're probably not really talking to him about external rotation of the shoulder and you know, getting this right. internal here to work it in. Like, you know, they're probably not talking to him about those things. They're probably talking to him about like, you know, throwing hard and throwing accurate and being an athlete and moving just a guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, a good example of that is Bubba, right? Bubba yeah. apparently just taught himself how to yeah. hit the ball to a certain
2: point, you know, hundred percent. I mean, he's, He's a dime a dozen. I mean, you need you need yeah. instruction if you want to get to a certain level. You you really do um, on all fronts: putting, pitching, full swing. You know, it's it's so important. If you know you want to get to that next level, if you want to just even if you want to get better, you need it. Um, but if you want to just don't give an f and you're good sucking, then by all means go have fun. I'm not capable of that
0: Suck it up. So. You bring up a good point, though. So you were talking about how when you have young golfers, you're not worried necessarily about, I mean, there's technical things you're working on, but you brought up being a quarterback. So I played quarterback my whole life. I played football my whole life. Golf is a way later thing that I took on. Sure. I Even mechanically speaking, there were some things like, hey, get your elbow up a little bit higher, slinging it down here is going to result in these things. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I can see that and what have you. But the biggest thing was that the outcome is what mattered. Where did the ball go? How did it go there? And what did it do? And I see often in golf that we don't talk about that at all. We just talk about the little nitty gritty things that you just did, as opposed to what did the ball do? 100%. Now, what's the reason the ball could do that? And there might be six or seven reasons. And then how do we impact those at a coaching level? I find it, at least for me, in the when I've transitioned, I guess, from all the other sports I've coached, from weightlifting to powerlifting to Football, baseball, basketball, all those sports. Golf has, it seems to lack that a little bit where the outcome is just, it's overlooked almost. Like if you, if I'm playing basketball, the ball goes in or the ball doesn't go in. Okay. It was short. It was long. I hit it off the backboard. It's this. And you play based on that. Is that something that you feel is missing in the game of golf or it's not talked about in the game of golf as much? We can
2: also, I say this all the time. We can, we can all search, we can all search for positions we can all get there non functionally right i could take my arms and club face and bring that to the takeaway and have it in a per- perfect position all day but can i do that on the golf course with pressure no right but when you talk about being an athlete and moving and 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 i, I totally i totally agree with you where the first thing i'm looking at is where did the golf ball go to go right did it go left? Did it start left? Go right? Did it start right and stay right? What's was it a heavy shot? Was it a thin shot? Okay, let's figure out why that shot happened. So my job is to trace the root cause of that issue. Usually, a, a club face opening in the back swing or an alignment in the back swing that's out of place. Whether it's a you know a long and laid off back swing or a short and across the line back swing, just a matchup that usually don't work for players, and then fixing the root cause now not 90% of the time and juniors do this really well they'll just start pivoting and rotating way better meaning they're not going to start flipping they're not going to start early extending they're not going to go into too much side bend and then you sometimes have to work on the pivot but if you just start working on impact well you're going to get out on the golf course and you're going to roll the club face open in the backswing and you're going to come over the top and anything that you try to do at impact is irrelevant and you see it too often with 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 coaches in my opinion so
1: now can can some of that like flipping and, and uh compensation be related to like other sports that you've played like if you're used to playing playing hockey or swing a baseball bat 100 percent
2: concepts right you can change a player's concepts pretty easily by just talking to them about different sports they know right Talk about a tennis player where you're not like, are you going to be doing this motion, this casting motion here by your right hip in that motion? No, you're going to be kind of holding it off it a little bit longer, right? Or you're talking to a hockey player who hits you know, a slap shot, staying down through the shot, but also understanding, all right, maybe the club face is similar to a hockey stick and a tennis racket. So you can really change a player's the way they move by just kind of changing their concepts, I find but that's on the coach to get a good background and understand what, what they did as a kid. So like I'll have, I'll have like a 75 year old guy in and I'm asking him, I'm like, what sports do you play as a kid? He's like, what the fuck? I mean, what are you asking me? (laughs) I'm like, well, okay, well you, you played hockey your whole life. You watch, you watch hockey all weekend. Show me a slap shot. He takes it back and shows me a slap shot and I'll have him do that. And I'm like, all right, let's throw a club into play. I, you know, Tim will see, I got a bat in my bay. I got tennis rackets in my bay. because it's a, it's a, it's an athletic motion and we all play sports as kids. And some of us play it through high school and college and adults. I, t- I teach NHL players. I teach a couple Patriots players and it's, it's so much of it is just relating to the sports and movements they know. Totally.
0: Well, totally. with the exception of throwing a discus in my mind, off the top of my head right now, rotational athletes all end up in similar positions. Pretty close. Yeah. Throwing a baseball slap shot like that elbow tends to come down. There's a shallowing of sorts, if you want to call it such in the game of golf. But that's how you end up getting into that like a baseball bat. If your elbow stays super high, there's no way to hit the ball. Sure. Hockey. If your elbow stays really high, that rear elbow. Sure. You can't hit the puck. Sure. Like you're not able to produce power. So they all end up in that position inherently. Like yeah, but some, things-
2: can play, some can play from that position. Some, like yeah. if you, t- you talk about, and that's where I mentioned before, understanding their pattern, right? If that shaft, that internal shoulder elbow gets up and that shaft is short, well, that club's not going to have time to get around your body because it's in a short right. position. Now, if you go a la, you know, Phil Mickelson, and Webb Simpson and get a little bit longer, well, you're going to have more time to get the shaft into position and you're going to be able to right. stay in posture. Yes. It's clubs. Shaft. In my opinion, the shaft has to shallow. If you want to play high level golf. Yes. There's some players that are never going to be able to do that and you find ways to create it. But, you know, you look at guys on tour, there's only a few guys that, you know, you look at that don't shallow the club and aren't inside clubs and inside right before delivery. They're at the P six position. You know, the one of the few guys off the top of my head is Brooks Kepka. Brooks hits down on it about nine degrees and gets away with it because he's the strongest mf on tour. One of the strongest. You Look at the size of his arms. Look at how little he uses his lower body. He, yeah, he's he, could, su- he played with a uh, fractured patella. Yeah, I mean, that's- <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Because all he does, he, he uses his forearms. He supinates it the hell out of it on the backswing. He pronates it and flexes the glove on the way down. and down. And that's how he plays. Now, will he be able to st- sustain that in 10 years? My guess is no. You look at Jason Day. Yeah. Jason Day... Didn't use his lower body. had a bad setup, too much knee flex, had no depth in his backswing. And where has he been? He's had back issues his whole life because he shallowed the club, like I call fake shallow, by going into so much side bend to drop it back. And he's just had back issues because of his golf pattern.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, you, I know you wrote an article on that or a blog yeah. article. And I, since you've uh, pointed that out, I've looked at a couple other guys and you see that Justin Rose is another one where he's had a ton of back problems. And yeah, I noticed he, he used to have a lot of flex. He's straightened it out a little bit. But yeah. um,
2: you look at day now, Chris Como has done an unbelievable job. Um, he's basically, you know, he's got his trail leg extended. He's got a more athletic setup, less knee flex. He's got a more turn in the backswing. So now he can actually stay closed through the shot and not have to go into this crazy sort of side bend to save it.
1: Yeah. Yeah well i know yeah i I, I, I totally agree because uh, i used to teach tennis and tennis yeah. is another one where people get rigid so you know i you get a lacrosse player and you say is that any like how would you catch the ball or you know um it's so important to, to connect with people and just figure out what what clicks um and i'm i'm glad you brought up a 75 year old because i had a guy last week uh on one of my insta posts who was like hey like, why are you wasting your time with old people trying to get them to move better and oh, be more athletic? And it's terrible. like, Is that terrible. it's crazy. Like you can, you can totally develop an athletic ability, a skill, like learn how to use your body better when you're old, just because you haven't done it for 50 years or 60 years. Like it's insane.
2: hundred percent. And you cultural, can always find ways world. to generate speed. You always can find ways to generate yeah. speed. In my opinion. When players yeah. are like, "Oh, I'm maxed out. I'm or you know, guys, I'm oh, I can't turn, and I'm, I know I can't get speed." Can you just help? And I'm like, "No, we definitely can. There's always ways, and you know, that's where taking the time to really learn
0: um, can help." Totally. We have to. The for me, the biggest thing is we have to destigmatize getting old as a country, well, just generally speaking. Yeah. But like, it's so stigmatized for. Well, Tim, your whole family's full blown Italian. Yeah. Italian grandparents are like the thing. Dude, my uh, my
1: nanny broke her thumb uh, three weeks ago. She went in for her follow up, and the guy was like, "I have to cast it." She she literally made chicken cutlets the next day and brought them. Like I have, I had a week's worth of chicken cutlets the next day. I, I like, need,
2: I need that. I need a nanny, a nanny in my life, dude. Oh what yeah, everyone needs a nanny. Oh my everyone god, 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 bless you. Uh,
0: right? I, I like, think if real... I could redo it all over again, I would one hundred percent be Italian. If I had yeah. a choice, oh. like, please make me Italian.
1: Just the food. Oh, it's insane. We have sauce in the freezer right now. We've got cutlets. We've got broccoli rabbi. She'll make a pentatone. You guys do a Sunday dinner,
0: like a big Sunday
2: oh, yeah. dinner every Sunday? Two, oh, yes, two yeah. o'clock. So cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, two o'clock so every awesome. Sunday. Can you cook? So awesome. Yeah, I cook. My wife does not cook. Yeah. So you're the cook? Really? You're the chef? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, you have you have to get it from Nani. She doesn't write anything down, though. So, like, oh, you're okay, trying to... It. Yeah. You're trying to keep up with her. Like I, I tried to take notes one day and she was like, no, no, no. Like you put this much in, you put that much in and then you let it cook for like maybe love
2: 20 it. minutes, maybe 25 I minutes. I love it. I yeah. love it. Not pampering you to learn. right? No,
1: you just got to like, same thing with a golf swing. Like you kind of got to figure it out, right? You got to make it shitty once and you know. What's her, what's to her, food,
2: what's her go-to? What's her, what's her specialty?
1: What's her go-to? I mean, cutlets, She'll yeah. do a nice roast, and then like it, her her gravy is unbelievable. She'll put like a pork shank in there. Honey,
2: you hear like this? Little bruschetta. Yeah. Oh, I love bejol. I Love oh, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. I can't, the best.
0: I can't do this conversation. This is just too. It's too I know, much dude, food. you're in
1: Florida. You have no Italian food. I don't know what. I don't know what. Ah, ah. to
0: Hold your tongue, sir.
1: Have several Maggiano's? Italian
0: several Italian delis locally from a bunch of new yorkers that said screw the northeast right. and they have everything shipped from up north because the water down here blows it shit water
2: oh so yeah. want yeah, you don't want to make anything with the water yeah. so yeah, they sh- ship
0: down water yeah. from the northeast and then they make all their breads all their pastas so you can get fresh good italian food it's i mean it's not like you know Anybody yeah. up there is really like if I can yeah. go to the North end and get like good Italian food or like yep. my best friend from undergrad, I did Easter at their house once. Yeah. I, did, um, I didn't eat you, for six days after.
2: Are you from Florida originally?
0: No, 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 no. I'm from Maine. Oh, I got you. I grew up in Maine, college in Connecticut, came down here for grad school, home for a couple of years, realized that Florida is the most wonderful place in the world. Oh, glad and, it's uh, the best. It's the best. Oh, Kate. it's. Really Where I live in Florida is terrific. Yeah. It's terrific. Like, it feels like parrot, Like we joke around. Like, do we really live here? Yeah, dude. Like you Ugh. just you. It's right now specifically. Like Tom obviously stop. our our winters are there. But, I know. This is what hey, I get. I have invited back. both of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everybody else is moving move. here. Everybody oh. else is here. They're just yeah. moving. Pat, were you in Florida for a bit?
2: early on yeah it's been years we we can't my we can't my wife's an attorney so she can't she'd have to retake the bar so she's like i'm never retaking the bar again so yeah until the kids are long until the kids are in college and we're retired and then i'm just
0: peace i got a spot for you bro i got a spot i got i got the place tim it's gonna be hard for me to get tim down here i got this giant italian friggin' family
1: yeah but i think if i
0: met your grandparents i could pull it off
1: well Nani's in naples so you, you you know they're always trying to get you to go down to Naples. That's not. That's not bad.
0: I'm just not a West Coast guy. I, I like yeah. Clearwater. It's nice. The you know, but uh, I'm an East. I'm an East Coast guy in Florida, anyways. And Naples is an old place. Oh, a yeah. thousand golf courses. Thousand good, good golf spots. courses. Yeah,
2: those a good spot. But yeah, a lot Great. of golf pros go. A lot of golf pros go there, and they're just like, yeah, it's like you got to you got to travel if you want to see some fun yeah absolutely we'll just go
0: across the state from right there and hit jupiter and you're yeah, in the jupiter. mecca of golf so now
2: we're now we're talking that's that's where i'm going
0: oh it's no Finn. No. we have a house just north about 20 minutes 15 minutes Yep. yep jupiter yep. is terrific yep, now the real a, little right pricey, a little pricey yeah, oh but
2: no it's 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 worse here it's worse here oh of course it's worse it's the northeast so here, we're out i'm out kid's got to go so
0: <laughs> get him out of the house. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent truth. So this is a side side conversation. Pat, you're a Boston guy, mm-hmm. correct? Like Boston guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm Which not like a o- like Red Sox rules. Yankees suck, but yeah, I no, no. But it. you're
0: a Pats fan.
2: Yes, big time.
0: Can we discuss McDermott getting his ass handed to him <laughs> on Monday Night Football? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. the, the the press conference was was unbelievable. It was. uh he was such a defeated, defeated man. It was, it was, it was great to watch. I mean, even even the players, they're done. Bills are done. They, we we killed them. Yeah. On the killed their them. season's done. Arguably, the next ten years is done. So, we oh, killed the Chargers earlier was, in the it was, season. It was, it was just to, to run the ball to, twice. It's,
0: I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it was phenomenal. Two hundred and twenty-two yards rushing. Yeah, and everybody in the world was like, "Oh, they're gonna run the football," and they were like, "Yeah." So. Bend over and take it. Good luck to you. Yeah, I don't know how.
1: Play. I don't know how you could be a linebacker in a game like that. Like I would just, I would pull. Up, who was it, Vontae Davis, who just walked off the field? Like if I was one of those middle linebackers, yeah. I'd probably just be like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I can't. I mean,
2: what do you do? What do you do? I mean, it's it's they they just just pounded them all night, just over and over, and and like both of our backs too are pounders. I mean, Stevenson is just. He hits hard. I mean, there's no, there's no easy taking him down too. So he was punishing those guys. all night. it must've been dead. Must've been dead.
0: So uh, also keep in mind that Damian Harris had that little like ankle. I don't know what yeah. the hell he did. He the like, hamstrings kind of, like injury hamstrings, but he was fine at the end of the game. Huh. Like he was back in the game running. So I don't know if he just like dumped an ankle. I didn't see it. Can you imagine if for the last quarter and a half, he was just healthy. Cause yeah. Ramondre ended up having to take the rest of those snaps as yeah. opposed to them kind of going back and forth. I mean, they were – it got to the point in the game where every rush was six yards or four to six yards as opposed to negative two, gain yeah. eight, four. Yeah. Like, that's just demoralizing. Like, and especially the times, it,
2: the times it wasn't going well, they just stuck with it too. They just – they they, yeah. they stuck with it. This team's built for the playoffs. They're built perfectly, perfectly for it. I mean, like the way that their their defense is, the way that they can run the ball. Um, we'll see. I love it. And
0: so – We'll, we'll transition back to the golf game, but I think this is one way to do it. Belichick does what works to win. So I would imagine as a golf pro, you do what they need so they can succeed. Mm-hmm. And however you find those ingredients, you know, sure. maybe their putting is their big strong suit. All right, cool. Maybe their chipping is amazing. Maybe they can hit the ball 5,000 yards. I don't know what it is, but do you find yourself building people, especially people that are probably more competitive, not' sure. just kind of your average they play once a week, but your guys like really want to play. Sure. Do you find yourself really scheming how they approach the game?
2: hundred percent yeah, I mean it's um all my top players keep stats simply put I watch Butch do it what he would do end of the year. One of the years I was out there it was the year DJ sucked his wedge game sucked. And um, they sat down, they looked at the stats, and they said, okay, well, DJ, you suck with wedges. Let's work on your wedges. And by the end of that winter, he was hitting wedges and calling out distances. So, um, yeah, for sure. You you, you got to. Too many players are focused on full swing. Let's put it that way. Way, 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 way too much. Way too much. Simple. I'll ask questions in the interview. How many three putts per round? Oh, you know, like five or six. I'm like, what? So simple concepts, simple telling them like this is this is insanely, insanely too many. Like, let's talk about what what could happen to your handicap if we eliminated like three of them, you know? Or what if we eliminated some of those duff chips and skulls, or you know, simple things like that, where players just want to get they love the pitcher, they love the beautiful swing, you know? And you look at players on tour, like. Their swings different from swing to swing. They're not in the same position every single time. They're different. They're different. Totally. They're moving so fast. They're indifferent. They're hitting bad shots. They're hitting. They're not finding the center of the club face every single shot. Trust me. They found ways to minimize the, their misses. What, what separates them from, you know, your your scratch golfers around here is their short game, distance and short game. Big time. Can so we, a lot we... of my a lot of my time is spent like teaching players to read greens you know i've learned aim point and best players i'm working with a kid from usc nope like we tested them can't read greens can't start the ball online well there's two really important skills that could benefit you who plays at a very high elite level right so that's why it's technology and this data is very important so you can quantify these things
1: Yeah. Is there a is there a point where you would introduce the data and like a point where you would just say and it's not worth it at this point? Let's just like stay pretty just general and basic as far as thoughts go. What do you mean? Like if you've got let's say you've got like a twenty handicapper and they're just you're just really trying to get them moving and feel like feel feeling athletic in a golf swing versus like a you know, a college college competitor sure. who is really trying to
2: sure. you know, go from 71 to like sure. sixty seven. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different approach, but sometimes it's the same. I mean, I'm working with a kid uh, from Hartford right now and we're working on a, like a speed, a speed dynamic motion on the downswing where he's pushing hard down into his cuboid bone there in his left foot. And I could be doing that with a sixty-five-year-old guy because it's a great way for players to develop speed. He wants to hit the ball farther. We looked at his driving, his yardage, driver yardage, and where he needs to be or where he wants to go. He's got to hit it further. So this is one of this is the way that we've sort of discussed, and it's always a team approach about how we're going to do that, and it's going to take time. It's going to take patience. So in those situations, sometimes I'll turn data off and say. Let's just not worry about that. I mean, you know, I'm like, don't worry about what the ball looks like right now. You know, this is totally new. This is a totally new movement. Let's get a good understanding. So, yeah, going slow and having awareness is super, super important. But when you're out on the golf course, I don't want you moving slow. I don't want you thinking technically. Right, right. That's outcome. That's all outcome nice. Yeah, absolutely. For sure.
0: You guys Um, have both. Have you guys read Conscious Coaching? By I Bartholomew. Yeah, yeah so, so I in that book read, he, i need to read it it's a it's great good. book what's it called? He basically conscious coaching okay and basically he he describes shit i don't know it's like 14 different types yeah. of players specifically in football is where he kind of names it but my point to bringing that up is that what the key discussion is is that every player he has to approach differently some players are like the rah-rah guy and some players yeah. are really quiet. Some are the really hard workers that never speak. Sure. And I think especially Tim and I, at least in our fields, like when we talk about patients or we talk about clients that we're doing SNC with, I have to approach all of them in a whole lot of different ways. Like my technical people that are like numbers engineers or their accountants, they have like this like weird fetish for friggin' numbers. Like they want to know the speed of everything and how fast it's going and all these mm-hmm. kind of things mm-hmm. or like what joint angle do I need to be at? How much rotation do I need? Mm. And at least what I've found in the game of golf is that some of that can be really helpful. And some of that can also deter them. Like we just talked about rotation. Some people have a little more stiff of a pelvic rotation. Some people have this giant hip rotation yeah. and being able to coach them through, Hey, that's okay. Tim and I would do this specifically with like pain. Like if we're talking about pain with anything, it's, Hey, a little bit is okay here for you and other people. I'm like, Hey, I want you just to avoid this just to see what the outcome changes. And I think that that's maybe something other sports I see maybe less with like the average basketball player is not looking at spin rate off their finger. Right. I mean, that's just not,
1: but it's also a less precise sport. I would argue, you know, it's, you're talking the lower. You think, speed of... Do you
2: think at the M- do you think at the MBA and college level they are? Are they tracking that?
1: Maybe. I have no I idea. I think they might. I know I think they're they wearing. Might, I... I know they're wearing vests that track like your movement and your explosiveness, yeah. like when yeah, you're yeah. when you're cutting and and jumping and stuff. Yeah. But no, I don't know about ball spin. That's a good question.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of those things that, in all reality, uh, again, especially because that's a game where the result is the determining factor. I don't really care how Kevin Durant shoots. The
2: mm-hmm. fact
0: that he shoots 68% or whatever he shoots from the field is really all I give a shit about. Sure. You know, it's, it's yeah. no different than free throws. Like if yeah. you shoot it underhanded behind your back, I, hey, all the best to you. It goes in. I mean, all of us have played. Shoot, I've played. My godfather's a perfect example. It's like three, four years ago. He goes to pick up a tee and his back just like seizes. Can't move. Yeah. He shot six over. It was on the second hole played 18 holes and he shot six over and all he did was use his arms yeah so in that a moment i'm not like oh i wonder what your ball speed is he's like yep this is how it goes straight this is how i'm gonna do it so at really high levels i think that matters but for like amateurs i mean specifically like myself i'm like okay where'd the ball go yeah okay how do i make the ball not do that Mm -hmm. and then i kind of go from there so i can i see how that can be like a complicated conversation in the game of golf sure and
2: that's where it's important you don't put too much data on them where it's like, all right, let's focus sort of on like this one number the club face, for instance, it's really positive right now. And that's not good. And we need to get it more negative where you talk about swing, like club path by just showing a player, their club path, where it should be. And like with technology, you can show tour players and you can show it's really cool. Like we can quantify everything and say, okay, when you are swinging this far left, that's a problem. We've got to get this number back. So it creates a really good structure for them when they go practice, if they have access. And most players that I teach come back and practice at our facility. So it's good for them to be able to quantify Now, if I have a player who's, I'll, they'll be working on, you know, one drill for just call it two or three weeks and all their practice is just doing one simple drill, not simple, but just a drill. Now we don't care about numbers. We're not looking at the numbers, but that's on me to make it very, very clear to them that we don't care about numbers. We don't care about ball striking because you are in technical mode. So then you talk about going on the golf course and say, all right, now we got to combine these two performance and technical. Okay. Now we're going to tournament play and it's all performance, all skill building.
1: I think one of the best things that you've done with me and I I've seen you doing with other people in like posts you've put out is like before here's our swing, let's do some movement, get rid of the club, feel mm-hmm. feel these things in your body okay here's the club back and then it's like look at the before numbered and the after number sure. we didn't even talk about numbers in between yeah um you know we just worked on worked on movement so then i know for for someone like me who's uh i'm, I'm pretty like feel based and movement sure. i got i gotta associate it with the movement it's just okay i know if i just missed left that i was doing this like i need to focus on this mm-hmm. you know I need to focus on getting onto my front foot or I
2: need to focus yeah. on this field. Yeah. I can't be out with players all the time. So they got to know how yeah. to, it's on me to really go through their issues and say, all right, this is how you fix it. Right. This is how we're going to, when you're on the ball, the ball's going right. Well, for you, your pattern is that next club or your tendency is for you to, you know, hang back a little on it, not cover it, whatever it may be. And so, okay. When you're in those situations, you have to, Now, the hardest part sometimes is getting player to actually make that move and exaggerate that move. So, you know, I'll get in there sometimes and I'll push and turn the video on and I'll say, this is what you look at impact. Okay, you're trying to hit shots right now. And this is where they look. Oh, let me try stuff. Let me try this. This is going to work. And they never do it. And I'm saying, okay, like, let's slow it down. And I'll actually physically take them and start turning their bodies in them like from the top. And put them sort of in and video it and pull them all the way through the golf swing. And they're like, whoa. And they're like, like shocked. And I'm like, all right, let's take a look at it. And they see how their body's organized at impact. And they're like, okay, I get it now. A light bulb goes off because that's how bad and how much, well, that's how much we need to exaggerate it. I've said this to Tim before I can't teach myself. Some, some coaches can because I can't get myself to, to push it enough, to exaggerate it enough. Especially, especially in 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 play, yeah. I get I get you know, stiff and tense, and you know, like everybody else, because I don't play anymore. I blame it on the kids. <laughs> That's an easy easy
0: out. Always, Absolutely. always their fault. Yeah. always. I don't we have do. them, so I can blame them.
1: I'm looking at. I saw a dude on uh, somewhere online yesterday who had a stroller and then had found a way to get all his clubs to rest on the handle, like with the grips yeah. under the stroller. I don't know. I might look
0: into it next year. We'll see. It might be a good invention.
2: It's they have. There, there, there was one of the clubs I worked at. I won't name of it. There was a big issue where this, this family and I, I could, could have cared less. They, they just had a baby and they loved golf, so they would go out and play a couple holes and just push the carriage. And the members went, cra- members went crazy, and they weren't allowed to do it. Safety ah. issue, safety, safety issue. issue. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, it's very, very unsafe. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I could see the argument there, but in three years the
2: kid's going to be out on the golf course playing. So I mean, let's
0: let's, whatever. That's true. That's that's a fair statement. I had a a thought. I guess I was going to run by you, Pat. So when it comes to the people you work with now, Mm -hmm. as a kind of a totality of people, what percentage of them are in the gym consistently?
2: You got, we didn't pause. and thinking about it. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably, and it's gotten better. It's probably about 60% gym. Wow.
0: I'm impressed but by that number. Keep in mind,
2: like I make it very clear to players like early on when they start working with me, just because I'm in a place in my career where I'm busy and I'm booked out and I'm if you want to work with me, I only want to work with players who have one, you know, want to get better and they're serious about it. And a lot of times it's getting your body right. I mean, I give referrals all the time to, you know, the places around us and be like, this is, you need to fix this, you know. And if they don't and they just want to get better, and well, we have to build around that then. But it, but more and more have really, really gotten into it. And, you know, I, I teach a different clientele. I'm teaching a lot of college players, a lot of high school players. Right, right, right. Your average club, your average club pro is way, way less, maybe 15 to 20% somewhere around those right. lines. So, so
0: that, that's a second question lead in. So Tim and I talk a lot about how we don't try to recreate the golf swing in the gym. The golf course is for the golf swing. The gym is for trainable qualities. That's a good really so good point. I don't use a lot of r- rotational movement that looks like the swing. Mm-hmm. You know, even with like uh, cable chops, this yeah. is a simple example, right? where you're chopping down. Every time I've had someone do that, who's a golfer, they act like they're swinging a golf club, which is ineffective because you're pulling something that weighs 40, 50, 60 pounds. Yeah. Your golf club doesn't weigh that much. Yeah. It changes how you produce strength. 100%. So I tend to avoid those things completely. And maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't, but the golf industry is all about the gym looking like the golf swing. Yeah. And in my mind, in my experience, it actually affects what they do with you. They go to you and they're like, "Oh, I was working on this imbalance stuff earlier, or with this heavy weighted implement, and now I'm swinging like this." And you're like, "Well, wait a second—that's the complete opposite of what you just did."
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you just go watch how these tour guys are working out. You know, look at look at how they're training these days, and it's it's um it's changed. It's certainly changed, and you know, I, I think there's a few you know few guys that are more into the the heavy lifting. You look at Brooks, and you look at pricing but other than that you you know you follow a guy like jt on on uh instagram i saw one of his workouts recently and um it's all it's all it's all body movements so much of it is just body movements with some light you know some decent i don't know lightweights some bands you know and, and um, these guys gotta stay healthy too right i mean the way that they have to torque their bodies it's you know do you find that's the the one of the main priorities for you guys is just keeping your athletes healthy yeah it's time it's timing
1: right if if you have a college athlete who you know they have a tournament saturday sunday like yeah. we got to plan your week so you're not sore yeah. going in going into those days because that's going to totally affect how you hit the course saturday morning you know it's a really no, good point you know no matter what you do for a warm-up like if you're sore because you did heavy squats yesterday yeah. you're not going to
0: play well today
1: yeah. i can guarantee yeah. you that yeah
0: yeah and that's just from a Logistics standpoint Like knowing what their schedules are Like I've got a really young golfer in DC She's 13 Yeah, And she's in 100 tournaments So we're constantly having to like Okay we're only going to do this many workouts But the other part of it And this is something I argue to a lot of people And Tim and I talk about it at length Usually off air Is that the one thing kids lack Is the strength to handle the speed Of the golf swing So they start going speed, 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 speed. And there's no strength. There's no foundation Mm -hmm. to build on, to create that. The faster something is, the more stability it has to have. That's just inherent. If you're going to make a really fast plane, Mm -hmm. it has to have the metal materials to handle the fact that it's going a gajillion G or whatever it is. So I actually find that most of my issues when it comes to injuries is weak golfers. It's got yeah. very little. To, it's weak golfers who swing wicked fast, mm-hmm. is one of the things that I find really often. Or deconditioned golfers might be another way to put it. Maybe it's not 100%. just weak, but deconditioned. And so I treat the gym as however I can make you stronger in whatever capacity. Obviously, we want to limit injuries and all those things. But the number one way to mitigate injuries is to make someone stronger so they can handle it better. And then even when they do get injured, which is inevitable they're still able to continue getting stronger and handle that appropriately. And so that's a really key thing for me anyways, is that they understand the gym's purpose is to somewhat bulletproof them for the swing of the golf club, which helps mentally for them. That helps a lot because they don't treat it as this is the golf swing. They treat it as this makes me better at swinging the golf club.
1: Yeah, Tim. Do you I, use that? As yeah, and I I always just emphasize doing stuff that doesn't look like the golf swing because you're already like if you want to get better at swinging the golf club, you have to swing the golf club, right? Our, it, I do the same. I do a lot of training with runners too. So I'll get marathoners who then want to go in the gym and they want to do like super light squats and do sets of thirty reps. It's like no, you you already get all your endurance by putting in a hundred miles a week. Yeah so we've got another goal for the gym for you is we're going lighter and and heavier. We like, we're going to see how much your body can handle. And then we're going to find a good balance so that, you know, you're not, you're not injured. You're not sore on race day. Same thing with golf. We're going to find the right blend. Like some people love using the dumbbells and the barbells and we just play with weight and what they're doing. Other people are just want to work out at home and you can totally do it with just bands, body weight and, you know, the biggest thing I think, and you you alluded to this earlier, Pat, is just that it's fun. Like it's something they enjoy doing. Because especially if you have a kid, like going and doing ten sets of five squats is not yeah. fun. Totally. But if you can if you can make it a game or make them play like that's sure. that's the biggest thing.
0: Depends on the kid. Totally. I mean, that was like one of those things. Like I remember being in like seventh grade and being like, "I'm going to out squat everyone in this room," <laughs> and that was like a main priority of mine. Yeah, like I was just not.
2: like, definitely not. I like was. That.
0: No. That was totally one of mine. I was like, well, and as, as I told Tim,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. If you're playing wiffle ball in the front yard, like, oh, yeah. who's driving by right now? I'm trying to hit a home run. Yeah,
0: <laughs> see, but if you're in the gym and you've got 400 pounds on your back and you're like eighth grade, people are looking.
1: Are the are the 13 year old girls in the gym though? Oh,
0: of course, they're not doing anything, but they're there.
2: The pride that we had as youngsters, right? Oh, oh yeah. it
0: was totally, totally true. I was, but,
2: little, I was such a little asshole.
0: <laughs> really? I would have never guessed. Oh, no, God. no idea. No idea.
1: Uh, well come sweet. join.
0: Say hello. So what's up guys? For everyone who cannot Hi. see this, my oh, dog man. is coming up here and looking my face and my other dog oh, my is God. screaming at him because he's not out of his crate.
1: <laughs> well, Jackson, what I think let's be respectful of Pat's time. We got any last like thoughts, questions. Um,
0: yeah. He answered all my questions. Those were my main, my Sweet. main thoughts. Pat, Sweet. you are a, you are a legend. I don't know you, but you seem Pat. Tim likes you, and that seems to usually suffice for me.
2: Well, Tim's the man. I uh, I appreciate you fellas having me on any anytime. Please let me know. I'm, I'm around.
0: Oh, we're doing 2.0. Yeah,
2: I'm not cool, so I'm I'm usually very available. Us too.
0: Sweet. So I mean, is that because you wear that shirt to the bar every week? Is that like your go-to? <sighs> man. This is like. Takes Language. a certain
2: got certain person to pull this off. Oh, it's ballsy.
0: I like it. Mm-hmm. It's, I like awesome. it. This is
2: nothing. Awesome. I tell you, dude, I should wow. be on like I should be in some Caribbean island just surfing my way around and just chilling, but nope. Slaving away in a bay, making bums like Tim better, you know?
0: Hey, someone's gotta do it. No doubt. There's this place called Sawgrass. I know some people. <laughs> Pat, I mean, you know, it's just an idea just just Seriously. just let it let him, let it Somedays. marinate someday marinate someday all right boys well everybody as always thank you for joining us we appreciate it uh pat how do people follow you where do they, where do they uh, find you can just you?
2: find me on instagram at uh oh jesus i don't even know what it is anymore it's uh p bigelow uh pure p d g i just changed p. It. bigelow p. p bigelow mail jiggle yeah. yeah male jiggle i haven't heard that too many times <laughs> <original>. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of course. all right of course all right boys nice to chat thanks peace. for having me on peace,
0: peace. y'all thanks,